Hi, everyone. Welcome back from American Thanksgiving weekend, Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, and Cyber Monday. Wow, that's a whole lot of retail shopping deals all in one little weekend. And then, like Cinderella's carriage, poof, it's changed back to a pumpkin or inflated prices for those last minute shoppers until Christmas. If you're trying to take a break from all of that frenzy, just grab a beverage, whether it's hot tea, hot toddy, or whatever, and listen to my show. I've got a really great show today for you. My guest is Wendy Chow, and she is from The Weekend Quilter and a, is a co-host of the podcast Quilt Buzz. We have a long chat about everything quilting, including quilted coats for humans and dogs. I love it. And the new release of her second book called The Quilted Home Handbook. And that will be available for purchase in late January of 2023. Let's get started with some chit chat. And I'm going to start with a personal update. The Friday before Thanksgiving, I was hit with a terrible vertigo attack and sinus infection. Sinus infections are not new to me. I get them all the time. But I have never had vertigo before, and I never want it again. It hasn't gone away, though. So I'm not going to go into the gory details, but you imagine the worst, and that's what it was. Um, you know, three days after the initial onset, I could, I couldn't do anything. No knitting, no hand sewing, nada. All I could do was lay in bed and try to not make my head spin. And, um, then after a visit to immediate care, I was slowly on the mend and I am continuing to try to recover from this. It's, it's, it's not gone yet. So, um, you know, simple movements of walking around, um, and doing physical activity just brings up the dizziness. Uh, so, it's really kind of gotten in the way of my everyday activities. I can say that. Uh, but um, at least I can now do things like knitting in the evenings and, um, you know, other uh, crafty tasks to enjoy. Um, this week, I'm going to try to get back into my sewing studio I've got to catch up on sewing commission projects, um, but I just have to to take it really slow. So anyway, that is how my Thanksgiving went. Uh, I mean, I pretty much was, I, I, I stayed home uh, and couldn't visit with a family or anything, but I, I FaceTimed and talked with people on the phone. So thank goodness for modern day technology where it does allow you to see and speak uh, with your loved ones. 
And for those of you in my Mighty Networks group, uh, Make and Decorate Friends, I know I have not posted in a while, but I will get back to it soon. But remember, you can post projects that you're working on or have completed. You can post it anytime in the Make and Decorate Friends group. So don't be shy. Everybody wants to see what everyone else is working on. And we love to get inspired by each other's projects. And again, it can be quilting, knitting, crochet, crafts, cricket, uh, anything you can make and decorate. So let's see what you got going on. Last year, we ended up getting the cutest, like a little four-foot real Fraser fir Christmas tree in mid-December. It was like on clearance. And we thought we might do the same thing this year, get that cute little Fraser fir real tree, um, wait for clearance pricing, but we're not confident that there will be anything left to clearance. Or if it is, the you know, maybe it's not going to go on sale. So too much up in the air. And I've always wanted to upgrade our artificial tree anyway, because I have been using this what I call a Charlie Brown tree. It was a Black Friday deal. It has to be 15 years ago now. Got it from Joann's. I mean, it was like, on clear, uh, not on Black Friday special for like $30. And it's just not one of those like really full. And I mean, it's like you do pay for what you get. Uh, but at the time it worked fine. Um, and then throughout the years I had buy those, um, pine garlands and kind of like stuff it in between the branches to like fill it out. And that worked as well. But it's, so labor intensive. And then um, the last time we tried to use it last year, uh, the lights didn't work and it was a whole thing. So it's definitely time to upgrade the tree. And early, I was on the hunt for an artificial tree because I have learned. I have passed up those early sales in the season thinking that Black Friday was going to yield the best sale price on a Christmas tree, but that is false. It It is not the best time. The best time is to snag those early sales. So like when Michael's has those 60% off in late August, September, jump on those. Uh, I ended up getting a, a pretty nice tree from Menards. I've been wanting like a really nice um, tree. And of course, those $500 trees are amazing, but there's no way I would ever spend that on an artificial tree that, <laughs> that goes on display for one month a year. I, I did get a decent tree and uh, it wasn't, it, it was in the perfect price range. And it was in the perfect, you know, that step up in quality where you get those nice blend of branches uh, that look real. And then some of those little branches mixed into it was like a long needle with little tiny um, sort of bits of snow on it, but not too much. I love it. And even though I was down last week, uh, my husband was very helpful, and he uh, 
oh, you know, really put up the tree. I, I helped by, uh, bending out the, the tree, the tree branches, what they call fluffing the tree. And oh my gosh, it was just amazing. I was so glad he did that because at first, I, <laughs> you know, when your head is spinning and dizzy and, uh, and headachey, you just don't feel like doing anything. But once we got that tree out and up and uh, plugged it in, oh man, it was just like, it is on. The holidays are on. Oh, I got so excited. And then Black Friday, I uh, shopped for um, some special ornaments because I realized I have not gotten a special ornament in well over 10 years. And I used to get special ornaments, at least like one every year. I had some gifted to me by friends back in the day. And I don't know, for some reason, just fell off of that. Um, and uh, and then I did change the color scheme about five years ago, I think it was back in 2018, and I talked about it on the show, I believe. But I, I changed from this the traditional color scheme to a rose gold champagne tree. It's really beautiful and pretty. Uh, but I just got like, you know, the big pack of ornaments from Michael's, and then I did, um, you know, uh, filter in some of my existing ornaments that would go with that color scheme. It was really a beautiful tree. Uh, but now with this new tree and wanting to really make it, you know, kind of more special um, and fun, something to look forward to, I am using that rose gold theme, but I'm adding to it and adding some depth to the color palette and I am putting in some burgundy um, mercury glass ornaments and antique gold ones. They're from Pottery Barn, and I can't wait to get them online. They look so beautiful, and um, I can envision how that would look with the rose gold ornaments and the champagne ones. Oh, it's so exciting. I cannot wait. Uh, so that was my Black Friday purchase. Uh, I did all, I finished all of my gift purchasing, um, before Black Friday because I had nothing but time on my hands. And so I, I actually, that's one good thing that I was able to accomplish is getting all of my family's gifts completed and done. Um, so that feels pretty good too. Uh, so those are kind of filtering in slowly in the mail. That's my personal update. And again, I am so glad that I can knit again in the evenings. I can't knit like long marathon hours and hours, but I can at least knit for an hour and a half to two hours, which I will take it because it's better than not just, you know, being able to do anything. Uh, and I've been working on the Arnan Carlos Christmas ball ornaments. Uh, I, I am on day three of this year's ornaments. I'm not that far ahead and I really can't 
complete a single ornament in like one sitting. It takes me two to three uh, to complete it. So I, even though I've got a couple ahead of time, this starts on today, Thursday, the 1st of December. So um, I'm sure I will fall behind after the third <laughs> um, for the ornaments, but that's okay. I'm just really happy that this year I can actually knit um, with DPN, double-pointed needles, and make these beautiful ornaments. So on the ornaments, they have you chain crochet the loop that attaches on the top of the ball so it could be hung onto the tree. And that's nice. Uh, but I have this prim I-cord maker that I got last year and haven't used yet. So I wanted to use that to make the loops for the tops of these ornaments. And it is a lot of fun. I wasn't sure if it was going to be too complicated because there's four hooks and there's a weight and all this stuff. But you just, I, I, I pulled out like a, you know, a, a TV tray table and I was able to hook it um, onto the side of the table and it just couldn't have been easier. And once you get going, the, the I guess the hardest thing is just to keep your hand and arm like moving because you have to manually turn, turn it and turn it and turn it as it will continue to knit the I cord. Uh, but it's so much fun when you see this completed knitted I cord coming down through the bottom of the uh, little machine, and it looks really nice. So um, yeah, I'm glad I used that, and I can see a lot of uses for that I cord knitter. It does only the one that I have. I don't know what size it is, but it's one. I I think it's on the smaller side because it only um, knits. A yarn up to it says a size three, but um, I have a uh, a size four, like a DK weight, and it worked fine with that one. But anything bigger, I could definitely tell that that was the biggest um, size of yarn that uh, I could get to work in the machine. But it said like zero to three, um, but it, it's fun. So I. Um, I'm having fun with those um, Christmas balls, and uh, I'll be able to gift some of those out. Uh, they're not perfect. <laughs> In fact, on this one design, that's a horse. <laughs> I got done. I, I noticed that one of the legs of the horse, I got off the uh, track of it, and so the bottom part of the horse's leg is uh, two stitches over so it's like disconnected from his leg so I'm like I am not taking this all apart and I thought "Ooh, now I know how to duplicate knit and so I am just going to duplicate knit the horse's leg down uh, continue it down from where it should be which is basically a form of hand embroidery and uh, it looks like it's working. So there's always a way to fix things. There's, I mean, in sewing and in everything. So I am really happy that I was able to figure out a solution and be able, of course, if I give this away to like one of my nieces and nephews, they're not even going to notice. Uh, but it's cute. It's a really cute design. 
I'm going to end the chit chat segment with a list of some shows that I have been watching uh, because I have had nothing but time on my hands, as you know, not being able to do much of anything else. Uh, I I am going to just go through a list. I'm not going to go into big detail because we've got to move on and get to my conversation with Wendy. So here we go. On Netflix, there is a a South Korean series, and it's called Crash Landing on You. It is subtitled. It's easy to watch, though, because, you know, some subtitle shows are easier, I think, to watch than others. And this one is fairly easy. Uh, and it is such a good show, I think. Um, the basic premise is a South Korean heiress accidentally ends up on the DMZ uh, North Korean side. And it's just a whole sort of like adventure and you get to see the differences of people who grew up on the North Korean side versus the South Korean side. And um, it's, it's really good. I highly recommend that show. There is a new season of The Crown on. I have only watched maybe one or two episodes. And I just have to say the actress playing Princess Diana this season is a very good casting. She has her down. It's really good. But Prince Charles is Dominic West. I just don't get that one. Don't get it at all. But still, The Crown is a very good show. Another new show on Netflix is called Wednesday. And Wednesday is from The Addams Family. I love The Addams Family. Oh my gosh, I used to watch that show as a kid. And um, I like that show so much more than The Munsters. And this Wednesday show is so good. It's funny and entertaining. It's, it has dark humor, but it's like funny, sarcastic kind Um and Catherine Zeta-Jones plays the mother and the girl, I don't know the actress's name, but she is perfectly cast. She does such a great job in that uh, role as Wendy. So definitely watch that. I watched the whole season. I'm done. I could watch it again, probably. It's just so good. Okay. Um, BritBox and Acorn, there's a Danish crime show I've been watching. It's not new. Uh, it's called Summerdale Murders. And basically, a husband detective, his best friend is his partner detective. And the one husband's wife uh, works in the same station in forensics. And there is a love triangle, triangle amidst the murders that they're trying to solve. So <laughs> that is in a nutshell what that show is. FIFA Soccer, been watching that since last week and when it started. So uh, my husband and I will continue to watch that to the end. Uh, USA versus England is later on today. This is when um, the day that I'm recording this segment. Um, so by the time it goes up, something you, uh, you'll definitely know what, what the result of that is. Uh, welcome to Wrexham. We're still not done with it, but there's a couple more episodes left. It is such a great show, even if you don't like soccer. It is just a heartwarming show of how Ryan Reynolds and his partner, investment partner, Rob McElhenney, um take ownership of this team in the lower, lower tiers of uh, UK soccer. 
and they really make these wonderful changes in the community, the way it changes and uplifts the community. It's such a good show. So I think that you would like it even if you don't like soccer because it's not all soccer. Uh, so it's really very good. There's a bunch more, but I am going to end it there so that we can get into my conversation with Wendy Chow. I really enjoyed talking with Wendy from The Weekend Quilter. I think that her happy personality is so infectious and you cannot help but get excited with her and be happy about all things quilting. We recorded this in mid-September and I do have a link to the collaboration she talks about with Happy So Lucky. So there will be a link to that on my podcast blog because when we recorded it, it wasn't yet released. And now it is. Uh, and there will also be links to everything else that we talk about. So this is really exciting. Here we go. So today I have a great guest and she is Wendy Chow and from the Weekend Quilter. And Wendy is from Australia, but she does live in New York now. And uh, she is pretty much everywhere in the quilt industry. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, so, yep. So you mentioned earlier, my name is Wendy, and I'm the founder of the Weekend Quilter. So I'm um, Sorry if Truffle's making a little bit of noise. <laughs> it's okay because my dog, you know, barks in the background and it's fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm an Aussie modern quilter and designer based in New York City. Um, I also co-host a podcast called Quilt Buzz and I'm the author of Urban Quilting and the Quilted Home Handbook. So I'm born and bred in Perth, Australia, and I met my husband in New York City, Um through my aunt um, while I was here for a um, graduate summer program. And, you know, we hit it off after our first meeting. We kept in touch and then did long distance for four years and then got married and then I relocated to New York City. Oh, wow. So exciting. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a move. Uh, it because, is. well, Perth, um, I kind of know where it's at, but I mean, it, Australia weather is so much more mild than New York. Mm. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so you so, have to adjust to the winters. Oh, yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, especially that. And then trying to get used to like the snow as well and like the cooler conditions. So I would say like with Perth, it's, I guess the weather is fairly similar to LA. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, which is pretty much sunny and nice every day. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Um, I'm actually... Um, kind of grown to love our Chicago weather with four seasons. So, I mean, I, I think I used to hate winter, but now I actually, I don't mind it as much because I like to get cozy and wear layers. <laughs> <laughs> and you can wrap a quilt around yourself. Yes, yes, cool. exactly. It's perfect <laughs> quilting weather. Exactly. Excuses to make more quilts for your home. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And then you have a really adorable dog, Truffle. Yes, I'm a proud dog mama to Truffle the Corgi. Um, so she's about 18 months old and she brings oh. so much joy and energy to our home. Um, so yeah, we've had her for nearly a year, actually. I mean, by the time the episode comes out. But um, yeah, we had her, we got her set, end of September last year. So 
Oh, nice. Yeah, she's pretty young then. Uh, yes. our, my Cooper's going to turn eight October 14th. So, but when I see you with your dog, I saw a video on YouTube when you made the dog. Uh, quilted coat and your yes. quilted coat and I was like oh my gosh I love it and I love seeing other people that are like dog you know parents like I am and you know yeah we are the way we are with our dogs <laughs> oh my god they're like the center of our world and yes. basically like a human child so like yeah us. and mm-hmm. I'll like parents and our friends are like oh my god Wendy you guys are obsessed <laughs> Yeah, I know. Nobody else will get it besides like us, like actual yeah. dog lovers. I heard the saying and so now I'm like completely like that's a totally a true story is like there are dog owners and there are dog lovers. So mm-hmm. we are dog lovers. Yeah. I'm like one of those crazy dog parents that has um what's called like just dog photos and videos on my like all over my phone. Mm-hmm. It's it just takes up a majority of like the memory space now. <laughs> yes, I know we do too. And and then, you know, my husband too is equally as, which is kind of funny as crazy over Cooper. And so if, if I, um, you know, if we go somewhere, Cooper and I to the dog park or wherever, you know, he wants like, send me a photo. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Because think about it. If you're at work and you're working all day long, mm-hmm. you know, and then in comes like a photo of your dog. It just kind of makes you smile. Oh, absolutely. I do send photos of Truffle to my husband throughout the day. And then sometimes he'll send me photos um, of her at daycare because daycare has um, a baby cam. So he'll look on the baby cam every now and then and then he'll send me videos and photos. It's so cute. Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, so yes, we love our dogs and yes. uh, they bring a lot to our lives. Um, so let's talk about when you started quilting and and then go ahead, tell that story and then kind of segue into when you started your full-time creative business. Because I don't think you've been quilting like for decades because first of all, you're really young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so I started quilting back in 2015, and my sister introduced me to the craft when she converted our parents into dining room into like a sewing room. Um, so she learned how to quilt at her local quilt store, and then watching that whole process unfold and seeing all those really cute fabrics and you know the finished product, it really sparked that interest in me. Um, so then I then taught myself how to quilt with the basics from high school home economics uh, class. Um, The weekend quilter didn't start till 2017. So um, I started that off as an Instagram account for me to just share my quilting journey and my makes um, because I didn't want to bombard my personal account um, with quilting-related things. So the weekend quilter Instagram account was my creative outlet and I used it as a way for me to, you know, hold myself accountable for living more of a balanced life between work and play um, because I did... Um, used to work at a pretty demanding, you know, corporate life um, and working on the weekends, working overtime um, during the week were pretty normal. Um, so that's why I started the weekend quarter and hence the name, the weekend quarter. Um, and then during the first year of me moving to New York City, um, I wasn't able to work because I didn't have my work permit at the time. Um, so that kind of like I've used that first 12 months to kind of reassess my 
sort of career path in the career corporate world. And I put that um, all that time and effort into like, you know, creating and building um, content for the weekend quarter. Um, and it wasn't till like, say, like three days after receiving my work permit, um, I signed my first book deal with Blue Star Press. And then since then, I've never looked back oh my or think about corporate life and just followed my dreams to pursue a creative um, oh, career path. That is so amazing. Yeah. Oh, it just fell into place for you. It really uh, did. Yeah. Okay. And it felt like, you know, like, because I was in Perth, I was such like a, I would say I, would, I was like a bit of a lone wolf quilter. Like I was really shy and, um, you know, I I wanted to join a guild. I wanted to be part of a guild, but I was just too shy to join because I was like, I didn't know anyone else. Um, but I think definitely moving to the States um, and, you know, coming here where I didn't have like my own set of friends, um, it really did make me, you know, force myself to put myself out there. And a lot of these opportunities wouldn't have come if it wasn't, um, yeah, for relocating here. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I also think, too, that because you started the Weekend Quilter as an Instagram mm-hmm. uh, kind of uh, account or, you know, blog. And um, I think just around that time, uh, was sort of like a perfect timing for for it for you because that was still sort of kind of you know getting you know popular like That's where people right. were branding on Instagram yeah like, back then and so it that that was uh it was really good and you were probably consistent with it and you do have beautiful photographs okay uh, so that's wonderful I can't believe you got a book deal like just like I know it was kind of crazy because at the time I only had about 5,000 followers on my Instagram account and I was like who who is this person like why do they (laughs) want me to write a book like (laughs) and at the time I had only just started designing um, and creating my own fault patterns as well Mm -hmm. I think I only had written like one or two fault patterns um, and I didn't have any sort of like formal training in terms of like how to use like in terms of like graphic designing or like Um, a design background so I kind of felt like why does this person want to work with me (laughs) and I didn't like I kind of um, like I didn't do any sort of like courses or classes on how to write quilt patterns they were just something that I was self-taught and Mm -hmm. um, just like you know reading and following various different quilt patterns and just taking things that I did and didn't like and kind of bashing it up and making it my own Oh, yeah, that's good. I know I'm kind of like doing that myself where because, you know, um, not coming from um, like a graphic design background, you really don't mm-hmm. know. And um, it's it's actually quite challenging to do the graphic design. It takes me Absolutely. forever. <laughs> yeah, especially like when you're trying to teach yourself how to use a new program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, like more recently, I've been trying to teach myself how to use Procreate and illustrator especially for um, foundation paper piece and templating mm-hmm. and it's for a long time I've put off um, you know using those or teaching myself how to use those two programs um, but I was like you know I'm just gonna go in the deep end and do it and um, yeah YouTube has helped me out a lot <laughs> yeah me too I learned procreate on my own and I love it mm-hmm. I really and it's a lot easier to learn for me than illustrator illustrator is not yes. as intuitive 
and mm-hmm. user friendly. Well, I can't I can't say that about Procreate either because there's a lot of hidden things how to do things. In yes, that, yeah, that I'm, I'm still I'm, learning how it all is. Yeah, it's just yeah. I think yeah. the ease of it is more that you actually are drawing with a mm-hmm. p- Apple pencil and an Illustrator. You're using your mouse or yes. or. Um, I did get this. Um, I'll show you this uh, Wacom tablet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it has like that pencil and you can draw on here and, you know, hook up to your to your and and you could use it as your mouse and stuff. But again, this is a different it's not like using an Apple pencil. It's not that easy. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it kind of because wherever you're at on here is where you're at on your computer screen. So oh. if you want to draw over here, then yeah. you have to pull the, hold the pencil over here. Yeah. yeah. It takes a little bit to learn it, but what it actually, um, I've been starting to use it with illustrator oh, that's on awesome. the computer because the mouse is just hard. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and especially if you're using the laptop mouse as well, like, it takes a little while to get used to. Well, I'm happy to hear that other people are, you know, having that (laughs) challenge as well (laughs) and are are learning on their own. Because sometimes I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't know all this stuff. (laughs) No. Well, you now know someone else. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, um, well, uh, let's talk also about, I, I saw this, I think, on your Instagram feed. Um, that I wanted to mention. And um, you said that uh, moving to a country that uses the imperial system and Fahrenheit, uh, you will never convert to Fahrenheit, which I totally get because I don't want to ever convert to um, Celsius. And, and that you Google uh, imperial to metric, and I do just the opposite. So I'm Googling (laughs) (laughs) metric to imperial all the time. (laughs) I must say, though, I've gotten used to using pounds, inches, and yards because obviously, like, you know, from doing the groceries and quilting, but Fahrenheit always gets me. Like, Mm -hmm. you could just, you know, throw out a number at me and I'll just, like, I'll just usually smile and nod and be like, yeah, like, hmm, (laughs) and just pretend that, like, I got it, but really, I I, I didn't. (laughs) So, so when you hear, oh, it's going to be uh, 85 degrees out today, you're like, what? You, you, <laughs> yeah. You, but I think it's, I think it's somewhere around 30 degrees. So, so. yeah. I like in my mind, I'm like, like 30 is hot, warm? right? Yes. 30 is definitely like hot, hot. like in, in Celsius. Okay. Yeah. I, the only like sort of Fahrenheit number that I'll know is like 32 which is like zero in Celsius it's freezing yeah they they sort of like that's where kind of where they meet where they're the same I think or something or similar zero I think is where they're the same yeah Yeah. I know it's confusing to me too and when we go to Canada to visit my sister-in-law all the kilometers and the Celsius and the gas is sold to like liters and everything it Mm -hmm. just like totally makes me crazy (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even miles get me. I'm like, so that's like, what, about two-ish kilometers? Like, it always gets me, so I just don't even bother. And mm-hmm. to be quite honest with you, like, I don't even drive at all living in the city. So I haven't driven since I moved over. So mm-hmm. it's been quite a while, like, yeah. really. 
nearly four years. So I mean, <laughs> New York is one of those cities where you just walk everywhere. Anyway. Right, so, right. Yeah. You have to drive. Well, and probably you get places faster by walking than if you were to Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. City. Yeah. Totally. Here too, especially we, yeah. I, I, my doctor's downtown in the city and, um, it took us 10 minutes to drive one block. <gasps> 10 minutes. Yeah. That's yeah. About right. <laughs> there was construction and yeah. then there were a million buses. Um, I don't know why they were there at that, you know, particular time. <laughs> And I'm sure, I'm sure, like the, the pedestrians, um, like oh, that, yeah. and bikes and everything add to yeah. the, the traffic. They do, but the worst thing is, is that these cars have no patience, and they think if they cut in front of one person, it's going to get mm-hmm. them to their destination that much quicker. Yeah. But yet, they're the ones that are creating this bottleneck because someone in the left turn lane will go straight when the light turns green, and then try yeah. to cut over. Oh my god. That is the worst. It's the worst. That's one thing I don't miss about driving. (laughs) So, um, yeah. But, um, okay. So, uh, let's talk about your quilting world. You mentioned that you design quilt patterns. And um, talk about just like your inspiration. And also, I'd like to know a bit more about your quilt aesthetic when you design. Yeah. So, I'd say inspiration is everywhere. Um, you know, like if you're just walking down the street or you're watching something on you know, Netflix or TV, like I like to pause it, and take a look at it. Um, but yeah, a lot of my designs come from like nature, urban scapes, architecture and interior design. Um, so I also love to flip through or like just go for like go shopping at like, you know, CB2 or Crate and Barrel or Western for fun, just to kind of see what sort of colours are trending, what sort of like, um, or patterns or shapes uh, from there or I love flipping through different like catalogs there mm-hmm. as well um, but yeah generally I like to also take um, traditional quilt block designs and give it sort of a modern spin to it um, to make it more sort of relevant for like you know a modern home or space um, and draw that connection between the past and the present as well um, and like as I previously mentioned as well so uh, recently I've been teaching myself how to use Illustrator and exploring the capabilities of foundation paper piecing when it comes to designing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of my design aesthetic, I would say I love bold geometric shapes and colours and sort of unexpected colour combinations that people might not necessarily um, consider. So just sort of an element of um, surprise there as well as, um, you know, it's just like memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I noticed that with your designs and um this this thing where a lot of times um in the quilting world they they want to put you in a category of traditional, modern, minimal, you know, all of that. Mm-hmm. And um I I lean, I don't know, it's weird. I have been struggling with this myself. And then um, when I saw some of your designs, I'm like, that's, we're the kind of the same, but you're, you're kind of like, you say you're a modern quilter, but I don't feel like I'm a, a modern, a contemporary quilter. But the fact that you take the traditional, which is what I like, I love those traditional blocks, but mm-hmm. updating them with the color palettes you know, and um, just kind of, you know, making them a little cleaner, you know, that sort of thing. That's yeah. kind of what I am. So it's sort of like a a bridge 
I think, to both. And that's what mm-hmm. I relate to as well. So I think that's yeah. why I relate to your uh, patterns and color palettes. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we really don't have to be one or the other. I mean, we could totally be like a hybrid. Uh, yeah. Which is what I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I always like to say to, you know, people that are recreating or like using my patterns is like, you know, you're the creative director. You can do whatever you want to do about like, you know, my patterns are here just, you know, to guide you um, and, you know, just go crazy and do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so also, um uh, you have these really beautiful pillows you posted on your Instagram with the Chinese um, characters, or is that mm-hmm. what they're called? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, and they're so beautiful. And I do love that you incorporate your culture into your quilting because you're not only Australian, yeah. you're, you're uh, Chinese, correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah. So my parents are originally from Hong Kong. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a li- I mean, a little bit of a backstory about the um, the project that you mentioned. So I actually, um, so I released that. So that's the New Year's Blessings mini quilt. Um, so I released that earlier this year. And it's, like you mentioned, it's of a Chinese character. And it's actually one of the most popular and auspicious characters used um, throughout the Lunar New Year celebrations. Um, so that one character it means like happiness, blessing, and good fortune. Um, so I came up with the design probably about three years ago um, when my mom asked for like a you know a new set of cushions to decorate her home for the Lunar New Year. Um, and I did get you know pretty good feedback from you know my followers, and they're like, "Come on, like you know bring that out as a pattern." And whatnot. I saw and some of those comments, yeah, because yes. you did not originally make it for a pattern, right? exactly. Yeah, so I was putting up the release of the pattern. Um, I mean, partly because I was like, I didn't have time, and I used time like I didn't have time as a, an excuse a lot. But mm-hmm. um, I was also a little bit worried because I was like, would anyone? want to buy that pattern at all would they be interested in it even though like you know there's a handful of people that were actually explicitly asking me for it like you know through instagram dm and comments um and i guess like that worry came from was because um you know majority of like the people that are following me on the quilting community it's largely made up of non-asian consumers so um but, you know, it turns out the response was like, you know, it exceeded my expectations and it's now one of my best-selling uh, fault patterns. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So like, I guess like, you know, this positive feedback kind of lit a fire in me to kind of continue to share my culture through the art of quilting, um, especially when there's, you know, a handful of like Asian cult designers in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, for yeah. sure. But um, I love the meaning behind that um, for the new year and um, the the way that, uh, well, the pillow that I saw that was made, it's just um, the each part of this character is some sort of a geometric shape mm-hmm. and it just looks so beautiful when it's pieced together. Yeah. You know, like yeah. a patchwork. Yeah. Yeah. It's really pretty. I've always loved... Um, the Chinese and Japanese um, writing, the character, like, you know, with the brush. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's just so beautiful. Um, so, yeah. it And it, what's interesting is that I'm half Korean. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. But I have such little, um, like, 
to do with my culture because um, it, I, it was like I, I only was with my biological father for two years and then mm-hmm. my mom remarried and I grew up in Chicago and a child of the 70s, blended families were just not yeah. there. And um, I was actually like really made to feel I was so different and weird. And like, I would have adults asking me, why do you not look like your brothers and sisters? Yeah. Oh my God. That would have been such a hard time to grow up in. Really hard. And also my mom didn't know anything really about the culture, but she also didn't really promote it at all. So then I mm. had my own thing of like in my house, it's not even, cele- <laughs> you don't even celebrate my culture that I'm half of. <laughs> and it's just because they're from that generation, that time. And so, yeah, yeah. it's been kind of a struggle for me. But um, so just now my adult years, I've been trying to learn um, as much, you know, more about the Korean culture. Um, because even though I'm American and I grew up, uh, in, you know, suburban Chicago, (laughs) I, I I don't know. It's weird. It's like, I, it's hard for me to describe, but my DNA is still tied to a a culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, I grew up in Australia, like I'm born and bred there and, you know, the only opportunity or times where I go back to Asia is like during the school holidays. But even with that, like, there's a lot of it that, you know, that culture and history that I don't know either. Mm. Um, um, and, you know, with me sort of introducing more of these like sort of you know, Asian in- inspired um, thought patterns and designs, you know, it's a really good opportunity for me to learn more about my own culture as I've researched and also a good opportunity to be able to share that with um other makers as well in the community. Mm-hmm. So more recently, um, I collaborated with Brian Campbell of um, Happy So Lucky. Mm. Um, so she's a Canadian um, quilt designer as well. And mm. we combined her lunar um, zodiac animal quilt blocks with my new year blessings mini quilt pattern to create a larger design. And we're using this as an opportunity to share with the community the legend of the lunar zodiac animals and colors and symbolism in the Asian culture. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this is going to be available by the time it's aired, but basically we're going to be um, sharing that design uh, in in actually a couple of days. So we've been working on that. Oh, you are going to share. Okay. So um, you can give me the the link to that and I'll put it Mm -hmm. in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When it's ready. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really interested to see that. That's fantastic. It's really cute. Um, Like Brain is so talented. I mean, she does an amazing job with those. um, Like she does really cute foundation paper piecing um, designs. So she originally first designed like, I think it was like the, the rooster block. Um, and then each year she's kind of released in a different animal for the, the year. And, um, one of the, there's this lady, her name's called Kathy and she's in Malaysia. And so she kind of actually helped sort of, you know, put this uh, sort of, you know, put our designs together, you know, come up with the idea, but, um, but yeah, she she kept <laughs> messaging Marie. She's like, "Come on, like, do I have to wait for twelve years for all these twelve animals?" So <laughs> she kind of like really encouraged her, and 
Um, so she then, you know, came up with all the 12 animals this year. And then we're now combining my design with hers because they kind of felt that there was something missing um, among the 12 animals. So it was huh. just a perfect collaboration and fit oh, between, yeah. Um, between us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, the animal thing is interesting, too, because it's, uh, it's not just by the month, it's by certain years. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it's by the year. And there's a whole story behind it as well. So I won't, um, you know, have any spoilers there. <laughs> I'll let you guys find out. In the oh, good, time. good. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about this. I can't yeah. wait. And yeah. I, I always knew like that there was a story behind the Zodiac animals, but then I just kind of didn't really know the details. So it was really nice um, going back and trying to find out. Um, more about it and going in depth as I was researching for um, the, this collaboration. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. I know when you work on a project and you do, you know, the homework and research, it's amazing the things that you just end up learning yourself mm-hmm. as you develop yeah. it and design it. Oh, that's great. Um, so you also your projects are published everywhere. And um, for instance, Molly makes magazine, which I love that one and also love patchwork and quilting. And um, it's funny because last January I was reading that um, uh, magazine, love patchwork and quilting. And you did a collaboration with them mm-hmm. of a block of the month, right? Yes. For 2022. Was that right? 21. Yeah, 21. I think 21. So. It, it seems so long ago. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Like time just yeah. like goes by in a blur. But it's funny because I didn't know that you were you as in the Quilt Buzz co-host. So I was reading it and I'm Wendy Chow and I'm like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Yeah. And I'm reading, reading, and then I, it says Quilt Buzz. And I'm like, oh, you know, like yeah. that's the same person. And then I'm like, I have to ask her if she'll be on the show because I just wanted to learn more about what you're doing. And yeah. So talk about just your collaborations with these magazines and, and um, you know, how that, what that experience is for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love working with these magazines, like, especially like, you know, with Love Patchwork and Quilting magazine. They're just so lovely. Um, and it's always exciting to see the brief come into your inbox as well, because it's always of something that maybe you've wanting to do, but then you haven't had the opportunity or the time or also like they come up with like a brief where you might not necessarily have thought of it before. Um, and you're like, oh my gosh, like this makes me so excited to design and make that. Um, So yeah, it's been a lot of fun and it's always like, you know, it's always a good experience as well and also a way for you to kind of get your name out there and make it more legitimate as well. It really does. Yeah. Uh, because you just, your, your exposure and love Patrick and quilting is a UK magazine, but it's, mm-hmm. I mean, widely read here in the States and around the world. Um, it's a really great quilting magazine. So it really does get you out there, um, everywhere. Uh, but I thought that was a really, um, a cool block of the month, uh, that you did. And, and also see, you're really good at marketing. What, uh, what was your corporate? <laughs> Were you in marketing before? <laughs> I was actually. I um, <gasps> no wonder. Ah, okay. 
<laughs> well, it was a kind of a different marketing though. I would say like it was more of the geekier side where it's, um, I did marketing research and consulting. So what we did was collect data and then interpret it. And with that information, we would then provide, you know, advice to our clients and how they should proceed with maybe, um, you know, forming their, I don't know, like strategies or the campaigns. So it was more of a geek. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. But that parlays over into what you did. And just um, it's, it's almost like when I look at this and what you've done, it's sort of to me, like a marketing one-on-one to me. Um, I, I only took basic marketing classes in college, but um, I'm terrible at it. And so I'm seeing these things you do and I'm like, that gives her exposure. That's why she's doing that. And, you to know be what I mean? Honestly, I kind of <laughs> just like throw things that like, you know, throw spaghetti on the wall and see if it sticks or not. Like, that's totally, that's, that's basically I mean, what I do. <laughs> well, and you going. must say yes to, you must say yes to a lot of things because you also do, um, like collaborations with other bloggers and do challenges and guest blog postings. I saw that you did uh, a blog posting on the Megan Nielsen blog mm-hmm. for the quilt coat, uh, yeah. her, one of her patterns. And I love her patterns. I made her um, curvy waddle skirt this summer. I love it. But um, yeah, she's one of uh, one of my favorite designers because she also designs in extended sizes but she designs with really nice lines and shapes uh, yeah I love her her work yeah Yeah. I actually recently bought her um her dress pattern it was like a dress pattern set with like um a top as well um I love her patterns I recently started getting back into garment making me too Um, (laughs) yeah (laughs) especially this summer as well and um her patterns are so easy to follow and Fun fact, she's actually from Perth, Australia as well. She is in Australia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I didn't and know it was, was Perth so, though. Yeah. And I was surprised to hear about that. So, and I was kind of bummed because I noticed she recently posted on her Instagram saying that she had to shut her brick and mortar. And I was looking forward to visiting oh. that when I went, um, was, you know, planning to make my trip at the end of the year. But, well, um, I mean, when you visit there, I'm sure you guys are going to have to meet up for yeah I'm, or sh- something. I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> i mean she's right there <laughs> yeah yeah that's it's great um so i've got a few other um excuse me a few other patterns from her that i can't wait to try but um right now i'm almost done with it but uh, my brother's getting married october 1st and i'm making my dress to wear to it it's oh. a cashmere uh ah. upton dress oh very nice uh, liberty tanalon so Oh, yeah. I was so nervous when I was making it, and I just kept trying, giving myself an out. You still have time to buy a dress. You still have time. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, the, but, like going back to, you know, making your own clothes it, and then wearing it and then for someone to say, like, oh, that's really nice outfit. And you're like, oh, I made it. Like that satisfaction mm-hmm. of saying that I made it just makes yeah. it like you just feel so good about yourself <laughs> you do yeah. and to me too it just I'm always amazed how I can just with you know cutting and sewing and thread can turn a flat textile into 
a piece of clothing. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind sometimes. And um, this is the first time that I really paid attention to making a muslin of the bodice. And I did have to make like two to three changes. Mm-hmm. And Cashmerette does a really good job at kind of, you know, guiding you on how to do that. And I'm so glad I did because <laughs> if I would have made, if I would not have made that muslin and just cut into my tantalon, I would have been crying. <laughs> this would not have looked nice. So I'm really happy at how it has turned out. All I have to do is finish the zipper and hem it and stitch in the lining. I mean, that's it. I'm going to be wearing it. That's awesome. I'm terrified of zippers. I, I, I think I've ever sewn it once. That's it. <laughs> I think I think it's a quilter thing, to be honest. Like buttons. It is a quilter thing, yeah. Buttons and zippers. Like, I think it's a quilter <laughs> thing. Even just like... Um, it's funny because when I did post things about my quilting jacket, they're like, oh, my God, I wish I could do that. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so easy. And a lot of the time, like, quilters are like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do three-dimensional quilting, uh, you know, sewing. I'm like, yes, you can. Like, if mm. you can follow a quilt pattern and you can cut, you know, pieces really precisely and everything locks in, you mm-hmm. could do the same thing with, like, a regular garment pattern. You can. And yeah. uh, uh, the one coat you did uh, for the free uh, free spirit challenge, yeah. that mm-hmm. one I don't even think had a closure in the front, did it? Or It didn't have a closure. I think, yeah, no, it didn't have a closure. At the well, that's front. super easy. Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, you, I think it, the, the, there was an option where you could put the button on, but I was like, and <laughs> it's like I'm not whipping out that there's like the there's like a special foot for the um the button the buttonholes yeah which it does make it easier to make to sew buttonholes now that's for sure mm-hmm. um but yeah I was like eh, yeah I'm not free <laughs> Like uh, I will, I'll just you know suck it up and just get all that wind in me. <laughs> yeah, as you're but walking you, through the wind tunnels in here. Uh huh. Yeah. But you yeah. made a line. You added a lining to it. Yes, right? I did. Yeah, and that I think that really elevated it, and it looks really nice. And um, linings too can be uh, intimidating to people. But talk oh, about yeah. how you did that. Um. So what I did was with the lining. I think in the pattern originally um, suggested like sewing the three layers uh, together. So it was like the the jacket top, the batting, and the lining, and then quilting it all up together. But I kind of felt like, no. What are you going to do with the raw edges inside when you do that? Um, when you join all the the pattern pieces together. So I kind of then went a little rogue and did it my way where I um cut up the lining fabric um, and then sewed it up together as if it was like a second jacket. Mm-hmm. And then I flipped it um, the wrong way out and then um, slide it into the um, the exterior of the jacket. So basically you're kind of like wearing two jackets. And then I, um, is it based? So the edge, the the lining and the exterior of the jacket and the batting together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I then use bias binding to then cover up the um, the edges. And generally with the batting and the lining, they kind of like stick together on its own. And, you know, when you put the jacket on, it kind of melds in together. So you don't really need to, you know, put batting spray or anything to secure the lining together with the batting, if that makes sense. 
Yes, it does. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, you just cut, you know, the, the, the sleeves and the, the, the body and, and like you said, turn it the wrong side out. And then mm-hmm. on the inside, it's the lining side. And since it's, you did binding, you could, it could even be reversible. Um, yes. Just with the pockets could. on the inside. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all right. That still works. It does. It does. It's really cute. And I love the way you did the patchwork where it was centered um, on the coat. And then you also made one from, it was like a quick sew pattern. I think I have that pattern too. I want to make quilt, quilter, Cooper one. Um, yes. But you centered that uh, uh, quilt block right in the center of the back yeah. of the dog coat. And it is so cute. Oh, I love it. The secret to centering um, quilt blocks on your jackets is um, what I do is you get the original pattern and then you get um, Swedish tracing paper, which Mm -hmm. is kind of like interfacing. um, And it's pretty, it's pretty durable. Um, Anyway, so I put that on top and then trace it over on top of the, the original pattern and then um, cause it's slight, the tracing paper is slightly transparent. So when you have, um, created those quilt sandwiches, you lay that, um, template over that and you can just kind of like centralize the, tem- the, um, the tracing paper on top of the block to then center. Center. It's almost yeah. like a uh, fussy cutting for clothes. Yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Yeah, it that's really, how I got it. <laughs> that's great. It really looks fantastic, and and that's not the only quilt coat you made. I've seen like a couple more through your Instagram feed. They're so cute, and I like the color combinations that you've done. So, um, we'll put definitely the um, link to your Instagram out there for that. Uh, so that was a great. You just did the uh, free spirit challenge earlier this year. That's so, right. yeah, yeah, that was really great. Um, Oh, and I'll put a link too because uh, you did their free spirit posted the video that you submitted to them, mm-hmm. and it's really yeah. good. It is so good. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on to podcasting. So you're mm-hmm. one of three co-hosts of a podcast called Quilt Buzz. Uh, Amanda at Broadcloth Studio and Anna at Wax and Wayne Studio, and Wendy Chow, which is you, yeah. uh, the weekend quilter. Yeah, so for those that aren't familiar with Quilt Buzz, so we are a podcast and every other week we release um, a new episode that's about 30 minutes long uh, with different guests from the quilting community. So each episode we dive deep into their stories, their quilting journey, um, their pitfalls, their successes, you know, what drives their creativity and inspires them um, and down to like the really nitty-gritty stuff where – you know, we asked them, like, do you wear shoes while you sew? <laughs> and we wanted to give um, our guests a platform where they can, um, you know, they might not necessarily be able to express, uh, you know, a platform to share what they might not necessarily be able to express in a, a few words or pictures on social media. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, with our guests, you know, we aim to highlight diversity within the quilting community from, like, backgrounds, cultures, different walks of the quilting journey um, to different roles as well. Um, So in the past, we've interviewed um, quilts and fabric designers, uh, long-arm quilters, Korean patchwork artists, quilt judges, fabric store owners, brand managers, authors, and and many more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we do this because, you know, we want to give back to the community by giving our guests the opportunity to, you know, promote themselves and highlight 
you know, the awesome work that they're doing and how they're implementing the vision into the Fulton community. Um, and indirectly, you know, we wanted to help our listeners to feel, you know, more connected with um, other members of the quilting community um, and, you know, make them aware of different companies and individuals that they might not necessarily um, come across um, in the quilting paths. Because mm-hmm. I guess, you know, when you're on your Instagram, you know, you're following a certain number of people or, um, you, know, certain, you know, certain followers, but you might not necessarily, you know, know what else is beyond that bubble mm-hmm. that you're following. Um, and from a selfish standpoint, you know, we wanted to socialize with other quilters and talk to our quilty crushes. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. It's yeah. fun. It's fun to talk with um, other people in the quilty world. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's very intriguing. And I listen to your your podcast. So oh, thank I you. I do. I do. <laughs> um, I think one of the ones I just listened to was um, this. I forgot her name, but her business is making quilt kits every week. Oh yes. Emily um, from quilt 101. Yes. And I'm guessing you would put that in the show notes. <laughs> the episode. Yes. Um, but yeah, I really, I really enjoyed listening to her story and just like the, you know, the inspiration behind the business. It's, it's really inspiring. For sure. It is. It really is. Cause she works uh, with her mother in sort of remotely, Mm-hmm. Most of the t- most of the year, but I mean, they, yeah. they do get together. But it, it was a very interesting story, and uh, like you said, I had not heard of them before, uh, so that was a good interview. And then you guys also do at the end every time this little, um, you know, quick questions. Yeah, um, <laughs> a rapid fire. Yeah, rapid fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so tell me some what you would answer as far as your um whether you like to netflix or music or silence in your when you're quilting definitely (laughs) i definitely have something on all the time um so it would be i would say well usually i okay i love trashy trashy tv i love like trashy reality tv so any basically anything tlc or bravo tv housewives all the house I would say all the Housewives <laughs> franchise. I didn't really get into Miami this year, but I'm hoping Mm-mm. to maybe be able to jump back into it. Um, but yeah, I basically watch all of the basic and like all the Bravo stuff, probably except for Below Deck and yeah. Southern Charm, New Orleans. And Below Deck, Deck, the first few seasons were good. And then it just kind of like, hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I did see that there's an Australian one, which I, I'm like Ooh. really keen to, I think it's only on Peacock though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, basically anything 90 Day Fiance, like I love that. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, I did, technically I did come in here, like come to the US on a K1 Fiance visa and then we got married like within a few days after I arrived. So I felt that, you know, I had some sort of connection there, but obviously like our, my, my, my relationship with my husband is like, not as toxic or like dysfunctional, like you know, well, and it technically wasn't like a 90 day fiance situation. I mean, you guys had a yeah. four, four year, a four year long distance, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it is very different when you start to live together, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't too bad. I mean, if we were able to survive, like 
you know, being in lockdown for four and a half months in our bedroom while the rest of the apartment was a construction zone. Um, and we didn't like, you know, fight or anything like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I was like strange times back then. <laughs> yes. Yes. For yeah. sure. And then, um, do you sew with your shoes on or off or slippers? Definitely off. See, it's good to know. See, I yeah. hear you guys asking everybody else those questions. I'm like, I wonder how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite snack. <laughs> My favorite snack. Okay. Um, it's definitely gummy lollies. Those are my favorite for Ooh, sure. Yeah. Gummy lollies. Yeah. I recently was introduced to these um, gummy bears while I was shopping at Target. They recently opened up a Target near our apartment and uh, been going there a lot. <laughs> um, I think it's it's like Albie's gummy, gummy bears. Oh. I'm like Googling it now. Albies, because I only know of the oh, it's the Harry Haribu or Haribo, yeah, Haribo, yeah. No, this one is better. So it's called mm-hmm. Albanese. I think that's how it's um, said. So A L B A N E S E gummy bears, and there's like twelve different flavors, and it's just more chewy. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what I recently discovered last year is this Australian licorice. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, Derelay? I think that... so. Yeah. They're, they they come in the little pieces. Uh, oh, I wish I remembered the name of it, but I know it's Australian. Yeah. And oh, they are so good. They Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very, very chewy and not too sweet. Um, so I, I can get them on Amazon, but then I recently saw them in a local store. I forgot where it was at, but I was just like, oh my gosh, there's the Australian. Oh, it was at Ace Hardware of all places. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like they have the Australian licorice. <laughs> That's awesome. I haven't had that in a long time. They actually, they're good. Yeah. They're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it just makes me think. This comes from Australia. So how do they keep it so fresh for so long? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm I know sure they, a way. I guess I guess you know on by air it's only like maybe 14 hours but yeah. maybe that's how they do That'd it. That'd be anyway. really expensive to get over it was by air. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, cuz it goes if it goes on way. a long boat, you know, I don't know how long it could stay fresh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think of those weird things like that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like you know encouraging you like just going there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm an enabler. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um, move on to book writing and publishing. So you have a book out already that came out early 2021 called Urban Quilting, and that must be the book that you talked about that you were approached um, by. Yes, and when That's you got to right. New York. Yeah. So how, how, how was that? Yes, that was my first book. Um, So in that book, there's um, 10 different quilt patterns, um, each with, you know, three different sizes for the modern home and the content, the content and the design in the book, uh, they're written for quilters that are about to embark on their quilting journey um, and also for seasoned quilters that, you know, want to, you know, want a refresher or need something to kind of like fill in, um, you know, the, the knowledge or sort of like basic gaps. Um, I'm sorry, 
fill in the base of, yeah, you get what I mean. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I gaps, the to, gaps on the basics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that thing. <laughs> um, but also, I wanted to provide insight into, um, you know, the background of each quilt, you know, from the quilt history to the inspiration, to kind of allow the reader to feel more connected to the craft and to myself as well. I like that. Yeah. Um, for sure. And um, what was interesting um, I saw about this book is that uh, three people did a really nice forward. I think that was a for- those were forwards, right, to your book. And one was yeah. by Jackie Gehring. Yes. How did that happen? <laughs> I love I love her book so I much. I love her, too. Yeah. I actually went to her um, – I, it's kind of going off track a little, but I went to her book launch event at QuiltCon 2020, mm-hmm. um, and she was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed meeting her in person. But how did I get that? Um, I just simply just emailed her and asked, like, hey, um, I've got this book coming out. Would you be willing to, you know, preview it and then write us a nice testimony that we could then use on the back cover and oh, marketing? okay. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, kind of like if you don't ask, you you never know. (laughs) So true. Because, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like what I did. She was on my show early on. And, you know, uh, she was one of the, you know, few bigger name people that I had uh, attempted to (laughs) ask. And she said yes. And I was just like, whoa. I know it was a great girl moment. Yes, yes, yeah. So it's it, you're you're so right. It's just you. They what can they do? Say no, and yeah, some people exactly. do say no, but it will surprise you at who will say yes and who will say no. Yeah, and then you have because, someone like Jackie Gehring who is so gracious and yeah. No, she's busy and she's you know uber successful. So for her to say yes, it was it meant so much to me, and I'm sure it meant so much to you too. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, total like fangirling. And you know what? Like sometimes I feel like you know if someone says no to you, it's okay. Like you said, like mm-hmm. you can just move on, and yeah, you know maybe that opportunity will come up again, or if not, a better opportunity comes your way. So you know, I'm, I'm a believer of you know things happen for a reason. So. Yes, yeah. yeah. The power of positivity. That's for yeah. sure. Oh, well, good. Congratulations on that book. And then you have a new book coming out soon. That's right. Um, and we're recording this in mid-September, but the book is going to be coming out either by the end of this year, or early 2023. So talk a little bit about that book and what we can look forward to. Yeah. So the second book is called The Quilted Home Handbook. So this was inspired by our 18-month home renovation. And for a good 12 months or so, um, we lived in a construction zone. And a lot of the times, you know, you know, I my mind kind of wondered, you know, what would my home look like um, when everything is done? And this is like sort of like our very first own home together as, you know, husband and wife. So, um, you know, we we were kind of like, you know, what sort of personalized touches do we want at home? And of course, you know, with quilting, you you kind of think like, what kind of quilted touches can I put around mm. um, in this newly renovated home? So, um, in addition to quilt patterns in this book, you know, for the you know quilt patterns for your couch and your bed, there are other types of projects um, for your home. For example, like throw cushions, wall hangings, coasters, placemats, and and many more. And 
So all up there are over 10 patterns and also um, some of the patterns could also be converted into wall hangings as well. So for example, it might be like a throw cushion pattern and you don't want to do the insert component of it. You can then convert that into a wall hanging and there's instructions on how to do that and prepare oh. your to become a wall hanging. Great. Um, and I guess what's different about this book compared with the first book is that all the projects um, look more cohesive when they are put together as well. So it does encourage the reader to create more than one project um, for their home or maybe for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and the color inspirations are based on three main color groups um, that, you know, people might consider when they're, you know, decorating their home. Um, so the three main color groups are neutral colors, warm and bright colors and cool and dark tones and colors. Um, so it's unlike, you know, the first book where it was just like, you know, random sort of color combinations and, you know, whatever kind of looks good. This time around, you know, I really want to encourage people to kind of like, um, you know, create more than one project. And, you know, with the color inspirations page, it's only just there for, um, you know, someone to, you know, kind of like draw inspiration from, they might not necessarily have to, um, I'm not saying like you have to create these projects in these colours. Um, it's just a inspiration sort of section there. Yeah. Um, but I must say though, it is really nice and so encouraging when you do see other people creating um, the projects in the suggested or like, you know, the example colour mm -hmm. inspirations. Um, but yeah, aside from all the patterns, color inspirations part, the second, the first half of the second book um, provides tips on, you know, styling ideas and how to integrate quilted touches into your home. Um, and there's, of course, step-by-step -step instructions on how to assemble a quilt from the start to finish. Um, and then different quilting finishes, um, you know, showing different, you know, examples of different uh, quilting finishes on a, you know, on your domestic sewing machine. Um, and then how to prepare like a quilt to be a wall hanging and bias binding as well. That's good uh, because uh, we all kind of know about wall hangings, but the not a lot is often focused on the back of it and how to hang it. Uh, and mm -hmm. there's so many ways that you can hang it. Uh, uh, but, you know, some ways are easier than others and less intimidating. Yes. So yeah. I, I think that's good that you... Um, highlighted that in your book and the the three um you know the color directions are perfect so it's definitely I would say it would be it's very different compared with the first book and I definitely uh -huh. took a lot of the learnings from the first book and you know the feedback and incorporated it into the yeah. second book so you know like typical market researcher go on like Amazon look at the reviews look at the one star reviews two stars five star and kind of combined oh. all like, the positive and the negative feedback and then kind of just um, sort of pushed it together into this one thing. Wow, that is so interesting. I am yeah. just I'm having a good time hearing this because that's the marketing part is where I am not the best at. Um, so to be to, to look at all that kind of stuff. It's weird. Okay, side note. But <laughs> Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, on YouTube, when they have those video recommendations, uh, there was a video on there. I don't know. It's like a subscription or whatever you can do, but it's like what you're talking about. You put like, um, your idea in there and then it'll come up with all of these, um, like how popular it is, if it's oversaturated, if it's not oversaturated. 
um, in the market, you know what I mean? So that you can like, it was geared toward Etsy sellers. So what they're making so that they can kind of zone in on, well, if something's not going to sell, then it's going to be like way down here. But if Mm -hmm. it's overexposed, maybe you're not going to get as much, but if it's like right there kind of, you know, in the middle, it was like fascinating to me. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, I forgot the name of that software or the subscription. It started with an A. But um, yeah, it, it, that, when I hear you talking about it, I'm like, that's the same thing I just saw. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is just nothing sophisticated. It was just me scrolling through the comments. Like I had... But that's like, what they are doing, though. Yeah. They they yeah. are preparing. So they're doing the work of that where the, mm-hmm. and they're creating this database um, of what you're doing for yourself of looking for yeah. your own project. And I've just never really um, seen that before. So yeah. it's quite interesting. Like I just don't even delve into that uh, <laughs> kind of left brain side of, you know, look <laughs> actually looking at <laughs> what's out there. And what yeah, are these I mean, I must say like it is valuable, but at the same time, you got to have to have a little bit of thick skin to like go through it. Cause there are some pretty like, brutal like reviews or comments or opinions on there and you're like oh really yeah (laughs) like I had this woman she's like oh I didn't like the colors that Wendy had suggested like you know she uses a lot of brown like I hate it's like I hate brown it's like along the lines of that and you're like okay okay (laughs) it's it's just a color inspiration like you don't have to like follow it to the T but like you're the creative director there you can do whatever you want but it's kind of like Oh, like, so you, you gotta get yourself in that, that yeah, mood. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. That's true because, you know, now those books are, your, your books are on Amazon. And of course, anybody can type anything they want. Oh, yeah. Uh, oops. On Amazon. <laughs> and, you know, like that, what do they call that? The, um, type typing bravery or whatever but they would never say it if they were face to face with you. yeah they're like controlling you or something yes yes yeah, <laughs> yeah i was like yeah just say it to my face like i want to see you say that to me mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely yeah. no yeah. I, i've had i've had one of those two like on the actual yeah. podcast review last year Aww. and and then i i didn't know how to so i kind of like turned it into like this market research for myself and like on my mm-hmm. next episode i just mentioned well, you know, I read the review and it said like, oh, you know, she rambles uh, too much and doesn't get to the story. Like they wanted to just hear the interview with the person, but I do the segment of chit chat. And yeah. um, most people that have contacted me has said, have said they love that. Yeah. Um, but then like when you get that jarring comment, then you start mm-hmm. like thinking and reviewing your, I was just like kind of reviewing for myself. Like, am I being blind to this? Is this something that I need to change? Yeah. Or, you know? <laughs> yeah. But the good thing is that, you know, you are sitting down and reflecting on it and, you know, thinking how you can improve it because there are some people out there where they like, they get that feedback, but then just, you know, dismiss it and then mm-hmm. continue on. So Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and what and from yeah. what I hear, the bigger you get, the more of that you'll you'll mm-hmm. get too. Yeah, so. which is kind of like scary as well. Um yeah. yeah. Even like with Tula Pink, I have seen some comments on there and I am like, you have got to be kidding me. Somebody actually typed that and press send. Yeah. It was just horrendous. And it's like, what do you do? It's like, do you respond to it or not? Like, and when you do respond to it, you're like, 
okay, so if I respond to it, am I making it worse? Am I causing more of a scene? Or if I'm not responding to it, then am I making it worse because of my silence? it's right really yeah 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 it's a tricky one it is a tricky one I but I think like for instance the one that you mentioned about the color that doesn't even need a response because that's just someone's (laughs) personal you know it's so subjective but I think if it's more or less maybe attacking your character or something like Mm -hmm. that maybe then you would be like okay (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) shut this down <laughs> oh wow, you know what? The good comes with the bad and mm-hmm. this book um sounds absolutely wonderful. I cannot wait. Yeah. Got it. So excited to share it. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay. Um I am going to put the links in the show notes where everyone can find you like your website the.weekendquilter on Instagram, Instagram and yeah, and then on my website it's the-weekendquilter.com. Dash, okay. Yeah. They didn't yeah. allow me to have a dot there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a URL thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, good. So in conclusion, what is just one quilting tip that you would like to leave us with? Yeah. So I would say try out different techniques and different ways in doing things and discover you know, what you like and what you most uh, you feel most comfortable with. And just don't worry about what people have to say about you know what you do and how you do things. You do you. And that's my advice to you guys. Wonderful. I love it. Wendy, thank you so much. I had such a good time talking with you. um, And I'm so glad that we had this opportunity. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, I could talk to you all day long. It's been so lovely talking to you as well. Thank you. Oh, love it. All right. And we will be talking a little bit more for my patrons. So if you're not a patron, Wendy's going to give us some, uh, you know, behind the scenes info on her quilt coats and the quilted dog coat. Uh, So check out my Patreon page if you want to hear that conversation. All right. Take care. And thank you. Thank you, Wendy. Bye. Bye. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.